All right. Hello and welcome back to Sticks Golf Roundtable Episode 10. For everybody that has supported us from the beginning, thank you for allowing us to get where we are and to have finally, you know, 10 episodes of a new uh, podcast and uh, very excited for all that. But this week, we are talking all things Augusta National. We are doing a deep dive into the club, some uh, some crazy stories from back in the day, some ones from, you know, most recent times. Um, yeah, pretty much just getting super deep in the weeds of Augusta National and the club that it is today. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy. And uh, yeah, let's get to the pod. But before that, let's do a brief ad read for Swing U. Introducing Swing U Versus, an integrated strokes gain analysis system available to Swing U premium subscribers that tracks and analyzes every facet of your game from tee to green. Compare your game versus a target handicap, a scratch golfer, a club champion, or a tour pro, and see how you stack up across all five categories on the course driving, approach shots, chipping, pitching, bunker play, and putting. The quest to play your best golf just got smarter, faster, and easier with Swing U Versus, now available with your premium subscription. Upgrade today and take your game to the next level. Now let's get to the pod. Six golf roundtable number ten. We are going to talk Augusta, Augusta National. We are not talking about the tournament itself. We were talking about the actual golf course. Correct. So, yeah, we're uh, we're still we're still we're going to re- restrain ourselves. We're still what uh, 10, 11 days out from the Masters, so we'll uh, we'll definitely do a nice deep dive preview of the Masters for next week's episode. But this week, we thought we would actually just do some fun facts and stories about Augusta National as a golf club. Absolutely. I mean, I've never played it. Uh, <laughs> I have not played it. Um, we do have a scorecard. On we the do wall, have though, a scorecard from, from Augusta on the wall. From our famed, famed uh, Mr. Guest, Crow. Uh, a little 6-4 on the boys up there on the wall. Um, Rosie, how, how yeah. have you been to Augusta? What's that? Have you been to Augusta? I went once. Um, I went, uh, my dad and I just decided to, to bucket list it. Um, we had been trying to get, get there for years. He had been entering his, uh, company's, uh, corporate oh, like yeah, lottery right. system. Yeah. I think yeah, I talked yeah, about yeah, this yeah. before. I remember that. And, uh, he was about to retire. And he was about over 25. So we just said, you know what? We're going on StubHub and, and we made it happen. So we went to a Tuesday practice round, um, Obviously, I mean, it lived up to the hype, and then some. It's it's an unbelievable place. Hundred percent. I was I was lucky enough to go to the Monday in sixteen when Willett won. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny never understood how much land movement was out there. Oh, it's like the- I mean, it's cr- I mean, number ten is a ski slope. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, I it's, cannot it's, wait to see it. I mean, oh, yeah, you're going this year. I'm going on Wednesday. Oh, yeah, you fucking dick. I was just reading my so email. Jealous. Prohibited items, and luckily. Oh yeah, well, well give luckily, us, give us, give us the email. Honestly, just give, just run us through what you are and are not allowed to have on property. 
Well, it says there's a list of prohibited items, and that's cell phone, any like anything that can do photo or video, anything that can record anything, and you can't have uh, anything electronic. So you got to go in there just bare bones, free balling it with the with the phone. Um, it says contactless payment. Nothing else that interesting. It's just kind of telling you what's going on. They'll take pictures of you. You can go in the pro shop. You can buy whatever you want, and there's a FedEx booth right there. You just walk up and they just ship it home. You don't, so, have to, you don't have to carry it around. That's so nice. Which I wish I had known that when I went. That's new. Oh, it's new. Yeah, I mean, I'm pumped. I'm going Wednesday and uh, bringing a camera. So we're going to have a bunch of stuff. Yeah, how, how are you channel. able to bring a camera in? You can just bring a camera. You can't bring a cell phone, but you can bring a camera. Correct. That's what uh, my my dad and I, this was 2016. So, you know, we had, our, we had obviously iPhones, but we didn't have a camera. So we borrowed my dad's neighbor's digital camera and took it to a test. <laughs> <of us. laughs> um, but hey, I actually wanted to uh, just take a little mini deep dive into sort of the backstory of the club and, and how it became, you know, how it came to be. If you guys want to talk about some of the hit us with it, hit me. Backstory, yeah. So everybody knows, you know, the club was conceived by Bobby Jones and he brought on his his good friend Clifford Roberts to found the club. A couple of interesting things I found. Um the uh clubhouse that we know today was actually about to be torn down and they were gonna build like uh a white brick, like sort of stately um clubhouse of sorts but of a, a one of the founding members wives wrote the club and said you know i sort of have an eye for these things and i'm quite fond of the manor house that's on property i think it should be renovated instead of torn down and and clifford roberts and bobby jones listened to her and so that's why we still have that amazing clubhouse that we all know today good um, on smith that's one cool. interesting thing alistair mckenzie you know a couple things we know that um He's obviously credited with designing the golf course with Bobby Jones's help, of course, but um, he never saw the finished product. He passed away in 1932. The club opened in 33. Hmm. Um, and this was kind of interesting. Have you guys heard about how the nines were flipped? Yeah. No. Did you guys, have you guys heard about how the nines were flipped? Yes, I did know that. Okay, so Whoa. It, it was commonly known for a long time or, or has been known for a long time that um, when the club opened, it, the nines were opposite. So hole nine was hole 18. Amen corner was, you know, literally the second, third, and fourth hole of the golf course. Um, but it was actually more recently found out. That's obviously com- been common knowledge. But so everybody thought, oh, that's how Alistair McKenzie did. What's that? When did it flip? Um, in the late thirties, I think. Oh, okay. So it wasn't long time. Uh, it was, er- it was early pre- on. Pre-masters, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it was well, actually, masters, but pre like yeah. our masters. Hmm. Another fun fact there. I mean, um, a lot of people know this, but, um, for the first five years that the tournament was held, it was called the Augusta national invitational and, um, Clifford Roberts had the idea to change it to the masters. Bobby Jones actually resisted on that idea. He did not like the name, the masters. He was known as a very sort of humble person. And he thought the masters sounded a little, you know, boastful. Um, but Roberts eventually convinced him and, and the, the masters was the official name starting in 1939, but um, kind of interesting the, the whole nines. So for a long time, people just assumed, Oh, because they flipped the nines, McKenzie actually designed it the opposite of what we know today. But then it was more recently found 
in his original layout that he did have the nines in the order that we know them today. That's so cool. <laughs> but after he passed in like the year between he passed and the club opened in 1933, the club, you know, made the decision to switch it. Um, and it was actually the only reason they did it that way was because really? of like frost delays because the, <laughs> because the, um, the early holes, you know, weren't, weren't able to get enough sunlight, but anyway, I just thought that was kind of cool. So that is McKinsey did actually design it the way we know it. There have been 10 architects that have tinkered with it over the years. Um, That surprises me. Who's the most recent, Rosie? So, um, um, yeah. So Tom Fazio actually has a contract with Augusta National. And I was going to mention this because I think it's really interesting to consider who might be his successor because. So Fazio has had the, the Augusta National contract for well over 20 years now. And basically all that means is whenever the club wants to do something, whether it's, you know, change a bunker or lengthen it, you know, obviously they've done a lot yeah, of lengthening the over the years. Done, yeah. They always that's, just, that's, that's been, has been a, been like a little hodgepodge of, they're just trying to put that T back as far as they can fuss <laughs> it just go. Keeps going. They just keep trying to buy the land from whoever owns it. Isn't it Augusta Country, Country Club, Club or something? Yeah. Right they're just trying to buy the fifth hole so mm-hmm. they can just put it as far back there as they can. Yeah. yeah. But um, Fazio is, he's pushing 80 years old. So clearly it's, it's really only a matter of time before they move on to somebody else. So obviously you look at, yeah. um, you know, I would say Corn Crenshaw, yeah. but you know, they're, they're up there in age too. I mean, Tom Dokes, I think more in like his early sixties. So he, he might be a guy you would look at for that, but um one guy that doesn't get enough credit um, for his work at Augusta would be Perry Maxwell. He came in, you know, as I've just mentioned, um, McKenzie passed away before the club even opened. So all the work that was done like in the thirties and forties, as the club was sort of coming into its own and they were tweaking, it was done by Perry Maxwell. And he really gave Augusta a lot of its character by um, putting a lot of undulation in the greens and um, he reworked number seven, number 10, he totally changed around. So a lot of the course that we know today and a lot of it's characteristic with the incredible, I mean, I think one of the most outside of the conditioning and the, and the natural beauty of it, I think from a golf course perspective, the thing we know, uh, you know, that we think about the most is the, is the incredible greens, right? And that a lot of that was actually Perry Maxwell. Um, and ironically, he's, uh, you know, he, he designed Southern Hills where we'll have the the PGA um, in May as well. So I thought that was kind of cool. That's and great. then the, the only other notable architect that I, I thought did something kind of interesting was Robert Trent Jones senior um, for a long time, the 16th hole, you know, one of the most famous holes in golf now was just a really simple, straightforward 145 yard par three with a small Creek uh, running alongside it. And it was RTJ senior who actually came in lengthened the hole put the famous pond in, reshaped the green, and now it's the 16th that we know and love. So, you know, McKenzie, he deserves the credit for for doing the original routing and being the guy who put it together with Bobby Jones. But um, probably what goes a little bit more unnoticed is how, how much work was done by other other architects over the years. Yeah, I, I had no idea about that, honestly. None of it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I think it's unreal that what – so – how I, how do you just like flip nines? I don't understand that. Well, it just just means that 
the holes you know the holes you know is one through nine we're we're 10 through 18 and the holes you know is 10 through 18 we're no, but I'm, I'm more trying to picture in my head like you were saying something mm. about like the do and i'm trying to think of like oh. 10 11 12 one two i mean yeah i guess i mean i guess 10 is going to be like covered in trees 11 kind of is too and then yeah i mean i guess that kind of makes sense but that, that's that's such, that's such a reason. that's such an interesting reason to flip nines because well, you know it was it was also 1933 i mean yeah, that's the point i'm thinking uh, like 2005 right because like, like, that makes any sense <laughs> <laughs> hey uh oh man this is one of my favorite facts that i found uh doing a little bit of research so the reason we have a tournament at augusta is actually thanks to the usga turning down bobby jones who wanted to host a u.s open at augusta hmm. wait so, what so bobby jones wrote the usga met with usga whatever and he said i'm opening this club and i want to host a u.s open there and they came to the site and they deemed it wasn't going to work so he went to clifford roberts and said well they don't want to host the u.s open here so let's just create our own tournament and the augusta national invitational was born that's pretty sick i'd love to ha- see that happen again like <laughs> But now the tour would probably prevent it. Yeah, now now the tour has too much power. Yeah, wow. Now we're getting into Saudi golf league shit again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying like a place that gets built and you know like that's really really good. But for whatever reason, I think the closest thing we could have come to that would be have been Bandon. Yeah, like Bandon was probably like the one place where I could think of in the last have... 15 years where they'd be like, yeah, okay, I'll just host an event here but i can't think of anything else besides that yeah i could see like 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 rich harvest farms or like uh, i'm thinking i'm thinking of these like estate type places where Mm. they're like so private that they just couldn't not so private you know what i'm saying it's like it's some guy that owns it who wants to have something like a macarthur yeah yeah like like something like that Mm -hmm. or or like the grove yeah or the grove Grove could be easy they'd be like the door would be like how fun would that what if if mj just put up eight million bucks and was like (laughs) You know what I mean? How fun would that be? What if MJ just created like the, the fifth major? MJ, do it. Make it the sticks something golf tournament. <laughs> <laughs> something sticks golf tournament, please. The 20, 23 and sticks. We're going to mail you a hard copy of this to your house. Please, please. please. Um, yeah. Rose, you got anything else on Augusta? Just a couple like little tidbits. Have you guys heard the story about uh, when Ronald Reagan was playing there and uh, a madman? barreled through the gates of augusta in his pickup truck and took five men hostage in the pro shop no i'm mad <laughs> i love it that's the 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 descriptive but i will say the second, the second that you started telling that story this the story of um there was a guy that played in the masters when he was a and when he like, he won the usam and he jumped the fence to get back into augusta after going out the night before and i can't remember who it was but he's played on tour. Couldn't like, oh, he had a terrible golf swing. So, uh, It'll come to me in a second. But yeah, he, so, I want to hear the story. Yeah, but, just uh, yeah, a little added context. So it was 1983. Ronald Reagan was uh, out there playing with a, a Republican donor and a couple members of his cabinet. Um, okay. He was coming off of the, the 12th hole. And a couple of members of his entourage had had walked up to do some shopping at the pro shop. While they were there, 
45-year-old Charles Harris, a recently <laughs> fired uh, mill worker, burst in wielding a revolver, demanding an audience with the president. He held several people hostage in the pro shop at gunpoint. Um, Reagan actually ended up trying to talk to him on the phone, but the connection was spotty. Uh, eventually, the president was whisked away from the golf course. All the hostages either escaped or were released. <laughs> Harris, Harris, inevitably, or Harris eventually surrendered to police officers two hours after the incident began. And there's a great picture. I'll send it to you guys. Um, it's really surreal, actually. It's a bunch of Secret Service guys standing around like a black town, blacked out like town car. Um, and it's like, looks like it's right on the 13th hole, like right off the fairway of 13. It's kind of a bizarre scene. Um, yeah, kind of a, kind of a wild little uh, story of something to happen at Augusta. Yeah, That's what insane. the hell? By, by the way, I figured out it was Ricky Barnes. Nice. Ricky Barnes, when he had won the USAM, he uh, was told that he was, he, he talked about this on Subpar Podcast, but um, he was told that he was not allowed to leave the grounds because he was staying in the, you know, crow's nest. Well, he did not abide by that <laughs> that rule, and he left. He threw on his painter's cap and <laughs> he <hit the> said, <laughs> and uh, and he was out. And then at like four in the morning, he jumped the thing again. And then like, thank God that like whoever was at the front door like recognized that it was Ricky Barnes, and so they like let him in. <laughs> but, but if like that guy didn't know who he was, he was screwed. Another uh, kind of kind of kind of morbid, but really interesting story. Um, Clifford Robert Clifford Roberts, who obviously was brought on by Bobby Jones to run the club. He ran it from its opening in 33 until his passing in 1976. He actually was uh, in failing health and was, he asked his driver to take him out to the golf course. Uh, he walked out onto the, to the golf course with a, with a pistol and took one to the temple. And that's how he ended his life right there in failing health in his late eighties. So, on wait where what it was actually on the it was actually on the par three course it was right by ike's pond on the par three course i mean i guess if there's pretty wild uh, i mean i guess if there's like a that's so cool a, i might do that if you're gonna go out you're not doing that i'm sorry no you know what fuck it if you're 85 you can do it uh, that's what i'm saying if i if i get to the point where i could be able to do that i might that is a wild that's yeah That'd be cool. Not really, what? but maybe. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty interesting. Uh, Dwight Eisenhower is the only. There's a only one president to ever be a member. Dwight Eisenhower, and uh, you've probably heard about the Eisenhower cabin. It's one of the ten on property. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, they're all roughly the same size, except for the Eisenhower cabin, because it had to be larger to house Secret Service agents while he was on property. Um, Jack and Arnie are the only two true like pga tour players obviously golf legends who are invited to join um so no other no gary player no no other golfer was invited to join yeah tiger will never get in Mm, well tiger's an honorary member because he won the golf tournament yeah but like um, yeah all all the players everyone that's won is is an honorary member of Augusta. yeah but jack and arnie were actually true there were a couple. Remember. That's what I was saying. I, I actually just read a passage of uh, Arnold Palmer's new book, or I shouldn't say new, but like new-ish book ever since his passing. But he had a little brief thing about Augusta in there. And, and I think that there were a couple guys beforehand. Like I think Walter Hagen, like like guys in that era were also 
uh, members at Augusta, but mm. but that was before, you know, blah blah blah. Um, well, yeah, I'm just really fucking annoyed that you get to go this year. I'm very pumped. I'm just very annoyed that you get to go. That's I'm taking, I'm taking my brother with me, who is I'm not. He actually just bought new wedges. So I was going to call him not a golfer. He's a golfer now. Is he a golfer now? I mean, you play with him. He, yeah, he's not he, a golfer. He wasn't a golfer. He's not a golfer. <laughs> he was not technically not a golfer. A golfer. He, al- he, also, sure. he also thought that we were going the entire tournament. And I was like, well, we're not even going to the tournament. We're, we're going, going to the practice, practice round of the tournament. <laughs> um, yeah, he's like, so hey, I don't know if I can take off all that days of school. I was like, well, you're only going for one day. And he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he knows about the Masters. So, That's hilarious. Yeah, he's going to enjoy it, though, obviously. I heard a pretty cool story on a podcast uh not long ago so there's a guy he was like in his mid-30s he was a vp at a like a commercial lending place in augusta georgia he you know what's that just the hole in one story no 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 so this guy um he was just like a local you know typical guy successful guy in augusta and he knew a lot of members he had made some connections but he wasn't really, didn't really feel like he was close to getting an invite. And it was just his absolute dream, you know, being a golfer that grew up in Augusta to, to get on. And it was driving him nuts. And then someone made the joke that, well, you should just go caddy out there. Cause the last day before they shut the course down in May, caddy, caddy day and you can play all day. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I think I'll do that. So this guy kept his job <laughs> in like commercial lending and uh, for every weekend for um, it was a requirement that he needed to be there every weekend, barring, you know, something unforeseen. He needed to actually be like a real caddy there every weekend for an entire season, which their season is only six months. Sure, yeah. Yeah. And um, so he, he caddied there for a whole season. And in May, he got his chance to uh, to get out and and. They actually just basically give the caddies the course for the day. They can do whatever they want. And he yeah. said, you know, some guys that sort of the older caddies that have sort of been there, done that, they would just play 18 holes and go home. Other guys were like playing the part three, playing 18, playing the part three, you know. And he said, I didn't even care about the part three. He said, I just wanted to get as many possible holes in as I could. And they dragged him off the course. He was four holes away. <laughs> From playing seventy-two holes <laughs> on his fourth round of, of the that's day. That's my kind of guy. That's awesome. That's, that's my kind of guy. That's he was uh, he was in the middle of fifteen fairway on his fourth round of the day, and they said, "Dude, you gotta go." <laughs> that is fantastic. I love that. Oh, did, did you hear the hole in one story that came out a couple of years ago about two guys? Uh, they go and play as guests. Um, you're not actually allowed to have your phones on property, obviously, like we just talked about. But you're, from what I understand, it's like one guy in a group is allowed to take their phone. Well, somebody made a hole in one on 12. Mm. And they took a picture of it. And when they got done with the round, they went into the clubhouse and they're like, hey, like, you know, we made a hole in one on 12. And they're like, oh, did you get a picture? And the guy sends him the photo. And so then about four months later, he gets this nice letter and a huge, you know, box that comes to his house. And it's a painting of the photo of him holding, you know, like the flag and the, the whatever and the ball on 12th. And it's just like, it's a full painting that the, the that Augusta has done for had, this had guy. Commissioned. Yeah, correct. And so in the letter, it says, 
if you would like to keep this, you know, painting or photo, um, it's going to be (laughs) $50,000. And, and so the guy sits on it for like two weeks and he's like, fuck man, like, I know that's 50 grand, but like, this is Augusta. And like, I made a hole on 12. Like, I kind of like, I want, I want it. (laughs) I understand it's $50,000, but I want it. So he, so he, he writes back, like, I will pay the money, $50,000. Month later, he gets invited to be a member at Augusta because it meant meant so much to him that he spent the money that they allowed him to come be a member. That's incredible. Isn't that fucking nuts? And that, I, that story I totally heard on the foreplay podcast, but it's an unbelievable story. If you haven't listened to it, you should, but I mean, unbelievable story. I mean, that's, he's a member now. He's a member now played as a guest one time, hooped it on 12, paid right. the 50 G's. Incredible. I'm, Whatever. If did, that's what not is, a Cinderella story, who I mean, <laughs> a Cinderella story, who is out here crafting up these gestures on the, on behalf of Augusta national. I mean, I think it's got to be the board of Augusta, but like, right. Is that what they're up to? <laughs> what else do they have to do? Like, <laughs> they don't just sit in there for 365 days. I mean, they they're might. Not, they're not like the, <laughs> I don't know. Oh my goodness. But kind of sick. Like, I mean, would you have done it? I mean, like, I don't have, I don't 50 have 50K 50, laying around. I don't but... have 50K to like laying around, but like, is that something that like, if, if that was you, Rose? Maybe, uh, well, look. Well, I knew that. If you knew, you don't know the result. If you don't know the result, no, I'm thinking my cheap self would find like take it to a local shop and say, "Hey, can you try to recreate this as best you can?" Here, let's um, kill it. let's see if we can gingerly take the August National seal off. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Make it. yeah, nice. I mean, there's no way. I don't know. I'd be I'd be so shocked. I don't know, dude. It, it, it. I've caddied for August members, but that's yeah. I was gonna say I've. I've you know, secondhand heard, heard several stories, probably half a dozen guys I know pretty well, or some I know pretty well. Some I've just had conversations with that have played there. Um, this one guy I used to carry for at Kenlock. Um, he was a high level executive and the CEO of his company um, was a member and took him there every single year. I mean, when I talked to him, he said, yeah, the last 10 years I get to go every single year and we have the same itinerary every single time. We arrive at noon, we play 18 holes, we have dinner in the clubhouse, we go to bed, we wake up in the morning, we play the part three course, and then we play 18 holes, and then that's it. And it's like the best two days. That's like, I mean, it's just like, how perfect is that? Yeah. That's just, I mean, I, and then I have a feeling that we'll play it at some point. I just don't know how or when, but I will play it. The, uh, there is like this, like, you have the other couple guys I know that have played it. It's almost like the, it, it's it's like the uh, secret society, right? Like the, they're they're kind of nervous to tell you how they got on, who they got on, you know, what happened there. They didn't take any pictures, like you know. It's just like this yeah, whole. No, there is definitely like a little bit of like, it's like a mystery, you know, you know, like, yeah. like yeah. It's a cl- it's definitely a and it's an elite centered club. <laughs> yeah, the only it's just it's just tough. Yeah. I mean, besides the stories that my dad's told me and like of his round there, which we've already talked about before, yeah. um, I heard another story with of you remember Keith King, the yeah, pro at the Cav. He's a great guy, and uh, he went with some like higher level people, like in Virginia Beach, who you know got you know all kinds of money and mm-hmm. they're having a good time. But uh, they went and played, and when they got on thirteen, 
and Keith can wedge the shit out of it. He bombs the fuck out of it, but like he's awesome inside 50 yards. And the pin's like back right and right and like Ray's Creek is right there. And uh, he's got like 37 yards, I think, to cover the creek. And the caddy looks at him and he goes, now, Mr. King, I only get the ball out of the creek once. <laughs> he, he did it in there one time. And he was like, all right, go get it. He goes, where am I? You going to drop 100 yards back? He goes, no, I'm dropping it right the fuck here. I can throw it from me to the hole. Like, I'm going to hit it from right here three more times in the creek. <laughs> Not great. Makes eight. Uh, I think he ended up shooting one under. But then that night, he and all the boys that he went there with, uh, one of the guys in his group, I won't name his name, but decided it would be a good idea to walk into Augusta Country or Augusta National with a green jacket on. He was escorted off property within two minutes of being <laughs> of being on property of Augusta National with a green jacket that wasn't an Augusta National. Oh, outrageous! So a t- little bit of a tough scene, but uh, tough scene. But yeah, I God, dude, I want to go so bad. Be so bad, unbelievable. So bad. Oh, one of our uh, new bosses could definitely make that happen. The golf park fellows. Oh yes, yes, yes. I will say that. Yeah, that's a that's a conversation for another day. But um, it's it's there's some, there's some incredible mystique about it too because like I know I I have some family members, some friend you know friends of friends that they've played Pine Valley, they've played Cypress Point, they've played Shinnecock, but then it's like, have you played Augusta? No. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like, a, it's just it's a whole animal. other level. It's different. You know? You're going to be such right. a good player or like a titan of industry. And that's really it. That's what I'm saying. Like to, to, to get, to get, the, to get the, really to get the women's amateur player. Oh, well that doesn't count. Like, <laughs> or, yeah. Or just, or just play in the masters Tom. Yeah. Okay. Dude, for the, <laughs> for the longest time when I was young, I was like, I'm never going to Augusta until I play. Well, yeah, everyone says that. And then, and then I got my opportunity to go a freshman year. And I was like, "Fuck that, I'm going." Yeah, of course, of course you're going. Yeah, you know it's funny. I um, you're talking about actually getting invited to play as a player. I got you know I got to play in my first USGA Mid Am a few years ago at Colorado Golf Club, and you're here. It's a USGA Championship. It's fantastic. You, you, you can only imagine what it would be like to win a USGA trophy and have your name enshrined there and all that but on the other hand it's like is it actually even cooler that someone here like i remember looking around the range at one point i'm like someone here is getting an invitation to the masters like that's outrageous that's the <laughs> sickest part like like i, I, I get the got a bunch of we got we a bunch of 20 we got, got a them. bunch of yeah guys in there yeah. you know you got a bunch of working working guys working class guys that you know Play on the weekends. Obviously, they're world class. Haggistads. Yeah, and then Stewie Hagestad, who just he's like just, he, he'll he, pro- just, he will probably join Augusta. Professional amateur. Yeah, he's a professional. He and Keith Decker are professional amateurs. He he's more so, I think. Keith, like, well, no like, shit, he's more so. He's won three midams, right? Yeah, like, you, is it three? Yeah, two, two, yeah, two. two. Yeah, that's great. Twenty sixteen and twenty twenty one. He um, speaking of Keith Decker. This is kind of crazy. There's a guy in Keith Decker's neighborhood in a small town in Virginia, Martinsville, Virginia, who's a member at Augusta, and he's never invited Keith to play. 
That's, he's got to play one other time through a different, whole different person, different reason. Yeah. But how crazy is that? I'm like, what kind of bone to pick does this guy have? Yeah, like, what? Well, you wouldn't take Keith? Keith's like yeah. the nicest dude ever. I he's know. Like, I is, know. My dad describes him as a prince, and that is the best way to describe him. Every Keith time Decker. I see Keith Decker walk what around, I just think that all of his clothes have like just been ironed. They've, they've, yes. they've, they've recently been like handcrafted. Perfect creases. They've, yeah, like they're <laughs> always he, like in so tight. perfect like and like I'm walking around with wrinkles and like I'm you're just drunk. <laughs> I, all right, <laughs> maybe this weekend, but not not normally. Um, Tom, how are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also so intimidating. So and he, and his hair is always perfect. parted perfectly. He's, he's an he's an iron you know, He's always just kind of you know. He's a prince. Great guy. Got, he, got, he deserves to play Augusta. Yeah, that man of anybody. He, he to deserves play, right? to play. And he and he did get to play it, just not the way you would think. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But, well, hey, I think that we should all make a, a like a lifetime bet. Whoever gets to play Augusta first, something. I don't know what. It has to bring the other two. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, come up with something. I mean, uh, I'll come up with something for next week. I think I'm. I, I think I'm gonna play it at some point. <clears throat> if I don't play Augusta before I die, then I'll cry. <laughs> I'll just cry uh, about cry that. from the grave. You I'll know, I, the- I'm gonna say. I know that's how a lot of people feel. I don't really, maybe this is, you know, I don't feel like I have to play Augusta. Of course, I would love to. Of course, it would be the trip of a lifetime, but I don't really, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I have to hit the tee shot on 12. That's it. Yeah. I just have to hit 12. I don't care. I don't have to play any other holes. I just have to hit 12. I guess maybe it just seems like such a dream and such a unlikely thing to happen that maybe i just haven't seriously considered the idea of playing it but um that's what this is all about if jamie it. played it 10 fucking times <laughs> i better only, be able to play it the once. only way the only reason i even play golf is to maybe <laughs> just to maybe play augusta so i'm doing all of this for it yeah <laughs> once i do i will hang it up forever and then we're done that'd be really funny <laughs> just go shoot like two under augusta and then just never play just again. go shoot <laughs> Literally never just get a hit gun another and golf and shot. yourself on the <laughs> <course>. <laughs> Dude, that would be you know what? I don't think Resi like that joke. Times are tough. Oh so <sighs> well, hey, Trey, with your uh your visit upcoming, I suggest you do what my dad and I did, which is uh first thing you do when you get there is just go to the first tee, yeah. watch a Gerber t- Group or two tee off, and then just walk the golf course. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and it, I'm gonna do thirty because we have the par three contest to watch, but I'm gonna do oh yeah, at least thirty six. Yeah, we just team. we walked one through eighteen. We came in, had some lunch right around the clubhouse. Yeah, I'm gonna be got some got open. some merch. Which the great thing about buying merch there is, uh, God, you you know, ended up loading up right because I was getting shirts and and hats and stuff for friends and coworkers and whatnot and. You can, uh, once you buy it, you don't have to lug it around all day. You can literally just like give them like your info or whatever. And you pick it up on your walk out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I didn't know that cheat code when I did that. So I was (laughs) around the entire time. Yeah. But we, uh, yeah, we walked the golf course had lunch and then we, then we walked out and just hung out around Amen corner for a few hours. That was a perfect day. Sitting behind 12 is the most peaceful place ever. It's so it's so re- brilliantly quiet, and you I don't know what people around. It, yes, because everyone's so respectful. No, like I if see. somebody is teeing off, like there's no one says anything. Like everyone's so quiet. Like they almost hold their breath. 
Yeah. Like it's, it's like, it's such a, it's a high IQ golf crowd. You could tell, I mean, with rare exceptions, I mean, pretty much everyone there, right. Has a a deep appreciation for the game and the tournament, the golf course. And there's always that one guy that's like on the right side of 18. That's telling everyone that like, Oh, I'm the one that found Bubba's golf ball on the right. And on 18, when it's just, he's just lying to you. He's just lying to you. <laughs> that guy, that guy was there when I walked up the right side of 18. Is he, is he a known? He's, he is moving his hands around telling everybody like, Oh, this is where Bubba hit it. This is where Bubba hit it. And I found That's it. All he's, he just, all he's, he's, he's there for four days every year. And he just stands there. He stands there and he just says, and I found wasn't him. I don't know, but like, I don't believe him. I don't know if he's if he's posted there. He has to be the guy. I mean, he might be. I want to look back at some footage and see if it actually was him or not. It's so funny. But well, hey, uh, next week I think it'll be fun. We'll. Uh, this is a great talk about Augusta National as a golf club. Um, next week I think we'll. It'll be fun to do a little deep dive on the tournament itself. Maybe some of the more recent changes to the golf course and and who we like, who we like for the week. And I and I definitely want to uh, throw a couple like maybe we all come with the three favorite shots of all time at Augusta. Mm. Oh, I, I like that. Chat that. I got a great one. I, I mean, I mean, mine, I already know, but I think that'd be fun too. So uh, yeah, next week. Hey, by the way, go for go Valero, Texas open. <laughs> we're, we're big time Valero. This I'll week. be looking at the scores right before we record this next week. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Rosie. Perfect. Pleasure. As always. See you later. Bye. Have a good one guys. Bye. Cheers. Bye.